Well, hello and welcome once again to Raging and Eating. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi, owner and executive chef of the Raging Skillet. And here we are. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous spring day. We're just, what are we, like a week before Memorial Day for the big weekend? Anyway, just gorgeous. We just had Mother's Day. We're right in that best time of the year weather-wise. I love, I love, I love the gorgeous weather that comes out in late April and in May. Just love it. It's like warm enough to run around with a t-shirt on, but not too hot. You're not sweating and having chazerai. You're just running around and feeling good, and the breeze is delicious. I mean, at least that's how it feels here in the Northeast. You might be feeling differently, perhaps, where you are, but I don't know. If, you, if you're not having a good time, I'm sorry, but it's feeling pretty glorious here. And I know the weather is gorgeous in Florida, and I know it's gorgeous in Jersey and Joycey. Anyway, it's spring, so it's about new beginnings and new birth and renewal, if you're really into all of that new age kind of stuff. And if you're not, well, you know, it's a chance to go to the beach coming up and a good chance to have a, a cold beer outside, you know, whatever you want to celebrate. So this past Mother's Day, I mean, did you do something nice for your mommy or somebody's mommy on Mother's Day? I hope so. I just got to thinking a lot on Mother's Day about the fact that I know I started feeling kind of down on Mother's Day because I lost my mother in 1992, Harriet, Mama, I love you. And I never became a mother, so I started feeling kind of left out, like I'm not a mommy and I don't have a mommy. But then I had friends pointing out to me that I've been mothering the whole world for my entire life, which is true. And I had one good friend send me a Mother's Day greeting, and she said, Happy Mother's Day to Rossi, because you are always mothering the world, and you deserve to, someone to say Happy Mother's Day to you. Anyway, I forget exactly how she put it. It was really nice and touching, and it got to me thinking, you know, it's a lot of people out there who have not given birth, and whose mother has passed away, and yet they have mothered so many people. So I think that mothering and Mother's Day should just be about have you been nurturing others? Have you been loving and supporting and caring for others? You know, so then it's Mother's Day to you, you know? I mean, whenever I meet a couple for a wedding, I always give them a warning. And the warning is, you are about to hire a caterer. Yes, you are. And a very, very good one, if I do say so myself. Thank you, darling. But you're also about to inherit a Jewish mother. Because for the year or year and a half that we're going to be talking, you are going to get a Jewish mother. I'll make sure no one's ripping you off. I'll make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. I'll give you advice from the heart, complete honesty. I will never lie. You know, you really do get a Jewish mother. And so now, 34 years of catering people's weddings. I do not even know how many weddings I've catered, but I stopped counting at around 2,000. So that means I have more than 2,000 couples out there whose weddings I've catered and who have survived my Jewish mothering. So, you know, so in any, in any case, on Mother's Day, please, if your mom's alive, please call her, see her, do something really nice for her. And if you are a mother, please let your kids do wonderful things for you. 
And if your mother is not alive and you're not a mother, then just take care of everyone you know who is a mother and just mother people. And that word almost came to mind. And don't be a mother clucker. Don't be a mother clucker. How do you like that? That was a good save, right? I almost talked myself right off public radio, but I saved myself. So don't be a mother clucker, my dear. Just be lovely on Mother's Day. So I remember something I did for years after my mother passed away. I went to the family cemetery in Staten Island. Many generations of my Jewish people got buried in Staten Island. It's the only reason I ever went to Staten Island. Never for the food. Well, okay, I did once go uh, to meet some friends there. But aside from that, you know, I never went there for any other reason but to visit my relatives. When I was growing up, my parents dragged me to Staten Island so that I could pay respects to my Aunt Roslyn, to my grandparents, to my great-grandparents. And I was always, I always kind of went kicking and screaming, except I knew there was a giant kosher deli we were going to go to after. And I was going to pig out massively. I know there's an irony to saying that sentence. I was going to pig out massively at the kosher deli. Think about it. Anyway, but I digress, par usual. So then when my mother passed, uh, that was hard to get past. I'm not, I'm not sure I ever really did. Uh, as a matter of fact, no, I probably haven't got, gone past that. I've just put it in a, in a place where I can function. But what I did for many years was I took a car service out to the cemetery in Staten Island on Mother's Day. And it was almost always a beautiful, beautiful day. And I brought a towel and very often a radio. And I would put my towel right on the grass right next to my mother, turn on the radio, slather up some suntan oil or lotion, whatever I was doing, basically spend the day sunbathing next to my mother's grave and talking to her and listening to music. Sometimes I'd bring a picnic and mourners would come because they were paying respect to their, to their dead or burying their dead. And they would see this kooky looking woman uh, laid out suntanning next to a grave with the music on talking to the grave. I'm, I don't know what they thought. They probably just thought, you know, let's, you know, just keep walking. Don't make eye contact. You know, then she won't, you know, go after us. I don't know what they thought, but they didn't want anything to do with me. But I had a fabulous time. And so for a really long time, I felt like I had spent Mother's Day with my mother. Um, And then uh, my father joined her. We buried him right next to my mom. And then... um, a couple of years after that, we buried my sister in the same uh, in the same row where my mom is. So now, now that I have all these people to visit, I would think I'd be going every Mother's Day, and yet I haven't dragged my tushy over there. With the, probably because I've been so busy burying people, but I haven't dragged my tushy over there on Mother's Day in a very long time. So I know I'm due. Mom, forgive me for crying out loud. I'll do better, but. I do remember so warmly finding that way to spend Mother's Day with her, just sunbathing and listening to music and having a grand old time laid out in the grass in the cemetery. So however you do it, do it. 
your mom is alive, slather her with love, even if she was a lousy mother, you know. Like I didn't have the best relationship with my father growing up, but I was able to turn it around in the last five years of his life and really care for him. And I had people who knew me ask, like, how can you be taking care of your dad like that? He was such a crappy father to you. And I say, yeah, but, you know, this is kind of my way of going back in time and doing for him what I wish he had done for me when I was growing up. And it wound up being very healing, and we wound up getting very close. And it was one of the most wonderful experiences in my life. So I'm here to tell you, no matter how bad the relationship is, or how good, wherever you are with your parents, just try to find a way to, you know, patch it up with them before it's too late. Now, that being said, if your mother or your father was abusing you, uh, then I don't know, you know, then it's okay to walk away. You know, you do what you got to do. A good friend of mine posted something on Facebook. Uh, she's a very good, kind-hearted woman. She posted something on Facebook about how painful it is for her every Mother's Day because she makes an attempt, even though she had a terrible mother, uh, abusive and probably not mentally well, she makes an attempt every Mother's Day to bring flowers or to bring presents, to just do what she felt she should do, getting nothing in return. And every Mother's Day, she is rebuked. Every Mother's Day, it becomes a painful, horrible experience. And this past one, I think, might have been the worst of all. And she's just, you know, giving up. I'm feeling bad about giving up. And in that case, you know, what I said to her is it's like, you know, it's like what they say in AA. You know, there's things they say in AA. Let go and let God all these expressions, but one of them, and I'm not in AA, but I used to go to Al-Anon. Yes, I did. Because even though I was never a drinker or an alcoholic, I, I did really like to date them. So I don't know what that's about. I'm not addicted to alcohol, but I'm addicted to alcoholics. I guess they were just so exciting, but I digress. Anyway, there's an expression, don't dial pain. And so that's what I said to my friend. It's okay. You don't have to keep shoving your face in agony and cruelty. You know, there is such a thing as parents who just don't deserve us. So I'm not making a blanket statement. If you have cruel and horrible parents, then no. Just go and find someone else to love who appreciates you. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. This show is sort of becoming the self-help weirdo raging Rossi show. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just telling you how I feel. Now, interesting thing, just that sentence telling you how I feel. It's amazing how people don't do that. They are holding a grudge or they're holding resentment or they're holding some funky feeling. And instead of just telling you, when you said this, it hurt my feelings or when you said that, it made me angry or when you said this, it made me feel jealous. You know, instead of just telling you how they're feeling, they just get snippy with you. And you can feel snippy. People think, you know, well, I'm feeling angry at that person, so I won't talk to them on the phone. I'll communicate on text message or email. And I know you do it. We all do it. Lately, I'm like, all my conversations seem to be on text message. It's so much easier to text or email. You know, making a phone call is a real commitment. 
meeting someone in person is a huge commitment. This is our society now. We've lost intimacy. But it's not a good thing. We have to go back to getting together in person and we have to go back to rolling in the grass and all the things we used to be able to do before all this technology. But what people don't realize is that you can feel someone's snippiness on a text message or on an email. You know, I mean, I've had the experience of texting with someone and feeling this, you know, anger, like as if I was being reprimanded or or, um, talked down to or condescended to. And, but there were no, there was no, not one single sentence, not one single word, not an insult, just a feeling that came through from that end to this end. And it always turns out that I'm completely right. But it also always turns out that all of that unpleasant, unpleasant exchange could have been completely avoided if everyone just told the other person how they were feeling. So I have to say my girlfriend, Lila, is great about this. She's much more mature than I am. I don't mind saying that out loud. But she's great about communicating. So I get mad at her all the time. You know, I am used to being alone. I need an enormous amount of space. When I'm not working, I'm so happy to be alone. I, you know, I'm not running out to a party and socialize and things when I'm not working. I'm so happy just to be home writing. I'm usually writing a play or inventing a new recipe. And so being in a relationship doesn't come easily for me. You know, I guess I'm out of practice in a lot of ways. So, you know, there's moments. I get mad. I get, you know, kvetchy. She gets kvetchy. And I always just want to go, well, fine. Maybe I'll just storm away. And I like being alone anyway. And she always says the smartest thing. She always says, why don't we talk about it? What is it that you're feeling? Why don't you tell me what you're feeling? What is it that I did that upset you? Why didn't you tell me? And then I start talking about it. Of course, start deflating and not being angry anymore. And then very often she'll say, all right, I can own that. I can own that. Why do you think it's upsetting you so much? Do you feel like that is something from your childhood? I mean, I'm telling you, I've saved a fortune in therapy with this relationship. So... I'm all over the map, I know, Mother's Day, relationships. Anyway, so here's what I'm going to leave you with on that subject. If you have some funky feeling about anyone, just friggin' tell them. Don't send them condescending text messages. Don't be snippy with them. Don't just walk away and not talk to them. Don't do the hundred million things we do because we all have a fear of confrontation and maybe we all have a fear of intimacy just tell them how you're feeling you know it it just makes it easy and on mother's day you know if you can't have a mommy to love then be the mommy to love mommy the world the world can always use another mommy now with all that love flowing kind of talk I've been thinking about some of the relationships that I get to be a part of as a wedding caterer. It's a zany way to make a living. You know, I am actually in the business of romance. So, I mean, I suppose if I was a sex therapist, I would be in the business of romance. Or if I was maybe a prostitute, I'd be in the business of romance. But this, well, that may not be a romance. That's more about sex. But sex can be romantic. But I don't know. 
I'm really in the business of romance. And so I really get to know people, what they love, especially because I'm always designing my menus around what they love. And one of the things I'm the most famous for is I love mixing up the cultures of two different people. And sometimes the cultures are similar and sometimes they're vastly different, but it's very fun. Like uh, my favorite, I think, was my Jamaican groom and my Jewish bride. And for them, I served jerk chicken on latkes. You know what? It was fabulous. I mean, try it. And then recently I had a fun, a fun mixture where I had a Polish bride. No, no, it was a, it was a Polish groom and an Italian bride. And they wanted something that would reflect the melding of their two cultures. And I came up with the perfect hors d'oeuvre, I have to say, if I do say so myself. So we make miniature pizzas of all different kinds all the time. So I said, well, why not a Polish pizza? Why not? And I thought about it. I'm like, would a Polish pizza have tomato sauce? I didn't feel that. I felt it would not. So we got a nice, thick, gorgeous pizza crust and we brushed it in a savory herb mixture of rosemary and thyme and garlic and olive oil. We toasted that, and then we melted really kind of hardcore cheese on it. Not, a, not, I mean, not mozzarella. Mozzarella is great, but like more European feeling cheese. So we melted some. I had some Havarti and some Gouda. We shaved that up and we melted that onto the pizza. But the best part was. The topping, because now it's Polish pizza, right? We had a gorgeous Polish kielbasa. We grilled them, and then we sliced them, and we put that on the pizza. And so we got a perfect bite of the melted Gouda and the melted Havarde and the herb, savory, rosemary, thyme crust, and the gorgeous grilled kielbasa. And that was Polish pizza. It was kind of amazing. So I thought naturally that I invented this this. I mean, I never heard of Polish pizza before, did you? Well, just today I googled it. I typed it into my computer because I don't like saying I invented something if it's been done before. And usually someone's done it before. And it turns out that a lot of people have done something they called Polish pizza. Um, most of the recipes for some reason were not pizza dough, like they just took a French bread or a baguette and sliced that and made pizza on that. And some of them used mozzarella and some of them used pepperoni. Some of them, I didn't see anything Polish about them at all, but uh, I don't know. Whatever you want to do. It's a fun thing, right? I remember going on an eating tour of Pittsburgh and my good friend Nancy lives there. Shout out to you, Nancy. And whenever I go somewhere, I want to go and really, really understand what they're eating there. So that way, the next time I meet a bride from Pittsburgh or a groom from Pittsburgh, I can be like, hey, why don't we do this? So Nancy was a wonderful tour guide. She really, really, really explained the town to me, and we experienced everything. And she said, Pittsburgh has a huge Polish population and a huge Italian population and also a big Irish population. She said, this town loves pizza. Like, you, you can't believe how much they love pizza. And they also love pierogies, like you can't believe. She said it's probably the only place you're ever going to go to that loves pizza and loves pierogi so much that they have a pierogi pizza. Now, this is a mouthful. Think about this. So it's a whole pizza with 
all the toppings you may want. But then it's covered in pierogies. So, wow, that's a mouthful. But it kind of summed up the town. It's like the more is not enough town. And then she said, and it's the town where you'll, you will have the least healthy salad you ever had in your life. So I said, well, I got to check that out. So the Pittsburgh salad was, in fact, a big salad with lots of stuff in it. I don't remember all the things, cucumber, tomato, onion, all that kind of stuff. But it also had a ton of cheese in it. And it was covered with a mountain of French fries and a lot of dressing. So, yes, that was the least healthy salad I ever had in my life. But it was glorious. So, I don't know. What can I say? Pittsburgh is a really good place to go and pig out massively. So, if pierogies and pizza can get together, and if kielbasa and pizza... Now, that should be called the Polish pizza, actually. If I'm going to call my pizza Polish, that's really Polish. Pierogi pizza. But if pierogies and pizza can get together, I mean, why can't we all? You know, what's the point of fighting? Even pierogies and pizza can like each other. So... This world is feeling so fakaka, you know, for crying out loud. We got people in office running our country who have committed crimes, who lie in public, who are always in trouble. And there's wars everywhere. People are being killed everywhere. You know, the gun violence is off the roof. I mean, there's so many terrible things happening in this country used to feel like the terrible things in the news that you would see were happening in other countries, but we really got a lot of bad crap going on in this country. I almost said the S word, and I didn't. I quickly turned it to crap because I'm a mother clucker. Anyway, so what I would say is, in the spirit of Mother's Day, in the spirit of a better tomorrow, in the spirit of getting pierogies and pizza together, Let's just tell people how we feel. Let's not hold it in. And tell people how you feel nicely. Don't be yelling at them. It's not going to make it any better. And let's find someone to love on Mother's Day if we don't have a mommy or if we're not a mommy. Let's be a mommy. Be your best mommy. If you don't have a mommy and you're not a mommy, you can still be a mommy. Trust me. I have mothered a couple thousand couples in the last few decades and And I'm not even remotely slowing down. So these are all the things percolating in my brain. Now, I'm so jazzed up about my Polish pizza with the kielbasa. I'm thinking more and more and more, what else can I do? And people do ask me these kinds of things all the time. My my favorite one was some years ago, I had a Filipino groom and a British bride. And her family really wanted overcooked, under-seasoned roast beef and, you know, really under-seasoned food. And his family wanted a whole roast pig and sticky rice with pineapple glaze. So there just was no mixing those two together because if I put the pineapple glaze on the boring British food, not that all British food has to be boring. I've had some really exciting food, but this British food was boring for people with boring taste. Very lovely people, but their taste buds were easily offended by even a hint of seasoning. So we just made a big T-shaped buffet. So you went one side, you got the boring British food. You went to the other side, you got the Filipino feast. And a lot of the British people went over to the Filipino side. 
but none of the Filipino people went over to the British side, and I don't blame them one little bit. So I don't know, England, I love you, and I love London, but I remember the first time I went to London, I really, really, really wanted to eat British food. And people were like, oh, well, but you must have this Spanish food. You must have this Italian food. You must, they were constantly asking me to have Indian food. And I said, no, I want British food and nothing else. So I had some fish and chips, of course, but you can only have so many fish and chips. I mean, you can't do that every day. And then I went to a very high-end, very classical British restaurant. It was called like Her Majesty's Service or some kind of name like that. And I was served roast duck in like a raspberry jam and the duck was blood raw on the inside it was revolting now i'm sorry i know that people like their duck breast not fully cooked they treat it like red meat and i know a lot of people are eating chicken that's cooked just too you know but i'm old world you know when i have poultry i don't want it to be raw you know, I could have had a duck breast that still had pink inside. That's one thing. But that it's like dripping. No, it was not attractive in the least. So, and the sauce was not a sauce. It was just like they put a spoonful of jam on it. It was gross. My mother would say, don't say gross. That was a lovely Jewish name until they ruined it. But this was gross. Sorry, mom. I love you. Anyway, so after that, I finally said, okay, fine. I'll go to the Indian restaurant. I went to an Indian restaurant in London, and I was used to the Indian food on East 6th Street, Little India Row in the East Village in New York City, where it tasted like every single thing on the menu came out of the same pot. It didn't seem like anything had much of a personality from anything else. This was unbelievable. I felt like this was like Indian food you could serve to the king or queen. It was like everything had its own powerful flavor. If you were five things on your plate, each one was drastically different from everything else. Everything was just impeccable and unbelievable. And I was like, okay, I get it. There's a difference between eating Indian food in New York City and Indian food in England. In London, this was spectacular. What does that have to do with Polish pizza? Absolutely nothing. And what does it have to do with anything else I was talking about? Nothing whatsoever. But, I don't, oh, I was just talking about mixing up different cultures, so there's that. Anyway, my point is that can't we all just get along? Just say what you feel and say what you mean. Don't be funky. Don't be snippy. And maybe start talking to people again. I mean, that's the one thing I love about growing up in the 60s and 70s is that we rolled around in the grass and rolled around in the leaves when we were kids and we visited people in person and we called people from a landline and didn't stay on the phone for 10 hours but you know why not if we wanted to you know we there was intimacy we were people people who need people I love you Barbara Streisand but forget it anyway we were people who needed people so the thing is, that hasn't gone away. We've just kind of hidden it somewhere so back in, in our kishkas with all this technology. Well, let's just take a break. Let's just call each other, pick up the phone, and hear someone's voice. I have friends who I haven't heard their voice in years. My wonderful friend from Pittsburgh, actually. I want to make her hear this podcast. I love her. But we've always had an email text message relationship. So it's interesting. We have a great relationship, 
but we've only seen each other in person, you know, a handful of times and, and a handful of phone calls. So my motto now is reach out and touch someone, but, you know, respectfully with proper boundaries and don't get arrested. You know what I mean? Anyway, Polish pizza, give it a shot. You can do it with vegan sausage too, if you want to. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi. And as always, food is love and so are you. Now reach out and touch someone. I mean legally, respectfully, like I said, Dayenu.